Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I am your host, Monica Cox, and I am here with Dr. Jenny Tufankian. And I'm super excited to have you on because we met recently at a conference in Arizona and like we just became besties. So welcome. Thank you. It's so lovely to see you again. And thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. So as we started talking and getting to know each other, you know, we really resonated with each other because obviously we're in the functional medicine space, but we both have fertility journeys that were, to say the least, a little bit rocky. And so just let's um, talk about one, what you do now and maybe your fertility journey of when you were getting into the functional medicine space. Sure. So what I do now is I really help those that are struggling with fatigue. Deep fatigue and exhaustion is completely my wheelhouse. So those that are feeling overwhelmed and confused and they've been to other practitioners or they've been trying to figure it out in themselves and get out of this hole of just just feeling tired. Maybe they've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue or medium or long COVID and they feel lost. And my work is really helping those, guiding them to figure out what their root causes of their fatigue, which health foundations need to be dialed in so we can get them back to feeling more vital. And this is totally my love and my passion and has been for years working with really complex ill patients for years and, and seeing them really come back to being able to be more fully who they are in this life and get back to feeling good about their day-to-day -day work. And that it's connected to my infertility journey, why I'm so passionate about this, because um, I was a second year medical student. And since I had just done a great job passing my clinical boards after second year, and since my child who I started school with when he was three was now sleeping through the night and I just felt on top of the world, I was like, it's time to have another kid. So yeah, I'm in medical school. Let's get pregnant. Let's have a second child. It's going to be great. <laughs> and <laughs> Unfortunately, the the world had you know the universe had a little different plan. I I had a miscarriage and uh, which is always hard. You know, my heart goes out to all of you who are my miscarriage sisters, all of us miscarriage sisters. It's not an easy journey, and it's interestingly similar to chronic fatigue in that nobody really sees you going through your struggle. Right? It's just not yeah. one of those honored processes that we I think we really have space for to really honor how much real grief that is when you have a miscarriage. I, I processed that and um, got pregnant again, and everything was great at 12 weeks. Went in at 13 weeks, heartbeat, everything was great. Took off for a family vacation. And um, 
had some very sad news on that vacation that some very, very dear friends had died in a car accident. My parents, very best friends had passed away and it was, a, it made it a harder vacation for sure. Came back from that and was walking through this, um, this museum with my little guy, my little boy and looking at this exhibit, it was a science museum and looking at this exhibit of uteruses at, you know, four months, which is what I should have been. And I just put my hands on my belly. I'm a second year medical student. I know a little bit about anatomy and I put my hands on my belly. And I'm like, this isn't big enough. Like I'm not as big as that plastic model that's on the wall. Like what's going on? I go in for my checkup and sure enough, the baby has slowed down its development. It's too small. Its heartbeat is too slow. And basically the doctor said it, it doesn't have a chance of living. It's not going to live. And so at that point it was, you know, it was just gutted and the baby, I could feel it moving. I could, you know, when you've been pregnant once before, you can feel the baby moving a lot sooner than the doctors think you can. And I could feel it moving. And I, I remember when it stopped moving and I knew it had died and we went ahead and, um, I didn't want to start crying. I went ahead and we started initiated the, uh, um, they gave me some hormones to insert in my vaginal area so that I could actually expel this fetus. And we went through basically birthing process of this fetus, incredible cramps and everything. And, uh, but unfortunately ended up hemorrhaging and some of the tissue was stuck on the uterus and I hemorrhaged and hemorrhaged and hemorrhaged and had to be emergency sent over to the hospital. And I can tell you as somebody who loves natural medicine and is a deep, you know, loves all the natural things in the world. I have never been more happy yeah. to walk into a hospital with all the bright lights and warmth and buzzing. And, you know, from by, you know, I passed out in my bathroom floor. So from being the bathroom floor where you feel powerless with hemorrhage to being in the bright lights was like, ah, oh my God, I'm so glad. And <laughs> The doctor was like wearing this like Hawaiian t-shirt and was playing Pat Metheny and like in the OR room. And it was, it was, they helped me. And I was so grateful because without that, I would have been yet another statistic of women who had died in childbirth. And, yeah. you know, there are many, many, many of that threat history. And, and so all of these things compiled into my body. And when I came home from that, I actually ended up crashing into a very, very, very deep, hard place that I call a dark night of the soul where. I physically was so exhausted that I had to lie flat in bed. And if I had more energy, I could use, put my head on a pillow, but I was so tired. I was flat in bed for months. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I had IVs in my arm. I had severe anxiety, suicidal depression. I couldn't handle the energy of anybody else in the room with me. It was, it was horrendous time. And yet I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I also wouldn't not, um, have wanted to experience it because what came out of it was this much deeper, beautiful understanding of my spirit and, and my spiritual being, mm -hmm. which I hadn't had time to honor or spend time developing when I was in medical school with a small child. So I, you know, it's where I really understood that all healing journeys have an opportunity for us to grow in some ways, as hard as they are. Every challenge I believe in life is an opportunity for us to grow deeper in some way if we're willing to take it on yeah. as a growth experience. So I was able to come through this and had amazing people come to my bedside and help me heal. I was blessed with so many healers. And one of them did subconscious work with me. She's a hypnotherapist and she helped me do some very deep processing in my subconscious mind. And it got me out of my anxiety and depression pattern. And I moved from the bed to 
um, from the bed to the couch. I was now no longer anxious or depressed, but I was still exhausted. And I got diagnosed with something that I rejected the diagnosis, which was chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. I didn't want the diagnosis, but I had to, I had to agree that it did fit. And so I ended up having chronic fatigue and spent the next two years working on figuring out how to get out of that. And, um, was able to get out of it as a new, as a resident, as a medical school resident. I had to take a whole year out of school, but once I went back, kind of muddled my way through and came out as a resident and got all of my energy back, had another kid and was able to live my life fully. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. God, what a journey. Um, Hindsight, right? Hindsight's yeah, a bitch. Right? 2020. <laughs> Obviously miscarriages, um, and uh, they're just devastating, right? They, they really put a mental and emotional toll that society does not support us through. Right. Um, but if you were able to look before the miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, what were the things that you would have done differently or what would you like give advice to women who are, you know, overachievers, um, maybe mothers at the same time, and just burning the candle at both ends, um, what would you say to them? Slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down, which is hard. It's so hard because we all, I mean, to this day, I still have this burning of what I want to be doing out there. And, um, you know, we can talk about that this more later, but I actually got COVID a few months ago and it went into kind of medium long COVID, it triggered my chronic fatigue. And mm-hmm. it has been such a beautiful teacher and helping me slow down again <laughs> and helping me like, and, and I've really been taking it as a very good teacher in the sense of like, I really am like, I'm slowing down and spending more time listening and paying attention and to focusing on what I really need to focus on. And allowing it to be the guide that helps me avoid the distractions in my life right now. But if I was to go back and talk to that, you know, 30 year old who was in medical school with a kid who was four years old and I was um, primary house mama too. My husband worked and some things changed after the miscarriage in our relationship that was really beautiful. You know, I think relation, I think miscarriages can make or break a relationship. And unfortunately they break a lot of them. Ours, we became deeper and closer after a miscarriage. My husband, um, we realized the value of life and that every day you never know what's gonna happen. And we became a lot more grateful for each day that we had together and with our child. And um, he took on more responsibility after that. He had to because I was in bed, but even after that, even after I got back, things were more fairly dispersed between us. I had really kind of done the classic, oh, I'm in medical school and I'm a mom and I'm grew was raised by somebody who my mom did all the housework. So I'm doing all the housework. And my husband was trying to earn money, starting his business as a documentary filmmaker. And he was working long hours. And, you know, so I, I would ask for more support. It's not your, I think that it's really easy for women to, devalue the importance of their own health mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, and especially yeah. when you're trying to have a baby and make a baby. And especially when you're feel like you're failing in that. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing. It's like when you're trying to do the thing that you're supposedly supposed to do as a woman, you know, you're built to make a baby. It's like, this is what we're here for on this very organic level. Like this is your thing. And to not be able to do that builds the sense of failure and can trigger all of your stuff. If you haven't sorted it out yet <laughs> in terms of, you know, my self-worth, am I good enough? Is it okay for me to ask for help? Gosh, I'm kind of either consciously or subconsciously, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. And so if I was to go back to that, to her at that time, you know, I mean, of course, the first time I got pregnant, I didn't know I was going to have a problem. You know, there's, I mean, the first time you just think, oh, it's just statistics, or it's just this, you didn't realize, you know, how long of a journey it was going to be. For me, it was nine years of infertility. Um, I would have her just relax and trust. Right. Yeah. You know, the classic relax. Yeah. I know, which is just like the worst thing to hear. I know. And I, and I remember hearing that too. And I just was like, oh yeah, you hear all the stories, but then I was the same way. I mean, what happened to me when I actually got pregnant <laughs> was I was basically going to try, I, I was so tired of doing anything. You know, I'd had all this, all these years of not being able to get pregnant. And then finally I did get pregnant and had another miscarriage. And it was like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah. WTF? Like, come on. That one was a blight ovum. It was a lot earlier, still hard. And, um, and at that point I, you're advised to just wait three months before you get pregnant again. And I was like, I, I give up like here. I've done everything I could like absolutely all the supplements and diets and all this stuff. I was not willing to go do IVF because I knew it would really mess with my personal body. Mm -hmm. And, but I did everything else. And I was like, okay, I give up. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to give it till I'm 40. And then I'm just stopping because I'm just being grateful for having one child. I'm tired of this monthly thing of like, oh my gosh, am I pregnant? Am I not? Can I get on with my life? Or am I going to have a baby? What's happening? And um, so I totally gave it up. Just was like, okay, give it up to God, just whatever. And I'm going to have sex. If I feel like having sex, I'm not going to have sex. If I don't want to have sex, I'm just going to do whatever. And sure enough, you know, it's when we got pregnant <laughs> and it yeah. was a month before my 40th birthday. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> and I think the thing too, is like when people are hearing these like stories, I think there's two aspects of it. One, when you're dealing with fertility issues long-term year after year after year, you are doing things to improve your cellular health, right? You're digging into the diet pit, the rest and relaxation, the yoga, you know, all those things. So that is improving your situation. But, um, you know, if you want to get into the woo-woo law of manifestation, one of the key things is surrender. Right. And it's not talked about enough that that yeah. is um, just one of the things that you have to learn to do, just like visualization, um, belief, um, motion, which is meaning you're doing the physical acts to help this manifestation work. And yeah. then it's surrender. And people yeah. ask me all the time, well, how do I surrender? And I was like, to be honest, I think it's just when you're tired of your own bullshit, <laughs> you're just, you're so sick of just like you said, like you're, you're tight, you're done, you're done. And I think that it's there's so probably true. very few people that can learn it. I think yeah. most of us have to go through it 
and you just get to a space where you're just like, you know, hands up, I surrender. Yeah. Right. But it's because you're so tired of your boat, like doing the temperature, yeah. doing the pregnancy test, even IVF. Right. Like, like you, it's, you hear these stories all the time, yeah. but there's no good. I don't have a good answer for people yet. I'm hoping to discover it. But right now it's just like, you just have to go through those motions and just be sick and tired of it. But um, yeah, I think one of the keys to surrender, I mean, I think it's brilliant what you're saying. And I'm just kind of thinking about like, what is that key to surrender? And I think it really is true. Surrender is, is like, I give up. I don't even like, I'm, I don't even, I'm not even attached to the outcome anymore. Like I just, and there was nothing left in me that was attached to the outcome. I was literally sick of it. Like I was just done. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm not meant to have another kid, fine let me get on with my life. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Here's the line I'm drawing. It's at 40. And so there was something about that, like just literally just a hundred percent letting go of the outcome. You know, can we, I do think there are some people that have learned to do this. Well, I think people who do manifest well, do do this. That said, I do think there is something to practicing that surrender. Mm -hmm in other ways and kind of allowing your body to feel it in, in little things, uh, you know, yeah. just to practice. Wow. What does that feel like if I don't really care what, you know, what my partner makes for dinner tonight? Like I'll have no attachment to it. Right. You know, it's like, whatever. Or I don't care if this vacation plan turns out or not, whatever the things are, maybe, you know, like little things. I'm just kind of thinking of yeah. this right now. Like, we talk, we talk about finding joy. Right. So Uh you replace hyper focusing the fertility journey with starting to bring your joy back into your life. Yes. Like all the things that you stop doing, um, you start bringing those back in. And then so there's less space to hyper focus on fertility because you're so consumed with living the life that you should be living right now. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And I think that's exactly what you should be doing. And if I was also to go back to her, she was clearly you know, the reason I crashed into chronic fatigue after that second miscarriage wasn't from the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. That was the triggering event, but I had predisposing things going on in my body. And one of those was my stress response, right? You know, like this kind of hypervigilant on all the time, you know, mama in medical school, what's the next thing on the list? Let's get it done. And I, I mean, I, I feel like I did a great job in terms of parenting my child best I could, given that I was in medical school and sort of, I was very present with him when I was with him, but still like that constant, just push, 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 push part. And I would, um, and I wasn't doing things like meditation. I didn't learn how to meditate until I was sick in bed. And that was part of my recovery was meditating for two hours a day was part mm-hmm. of my recovery plan because I didn't have time. Yeah, I had a kid in medical school. Like if I had 20 minutes, I was like either making dinner or I was doing my homework. Like I didn't have time. I didn't think. And going back now, I realized how much I kept cutting off my own body needs in order to make all these, you know, hit all these goals. Yeah. And I would go back and really nurture her in her, uh, when we look at chronic fatigue, there are five root causes and one of them I call the gateway root cause. And it's that hormone triangle. It's that adrenal, ovary, or testy, and thyroid when that's out of balance. And mine was really out of balance. And so I would spend have spent more time 
like a year before even getting pregnant of really focusing on that and getting that back in balance. And another root cause of chronic fatigue is having your limbic emotional brain dysregulated, which is the vagus nerve. Wouldn't that vagus nerve, you know, affects so many, your endocrine system, your immune system, your, you know, everything, your autonomic nervous system in your body and having and mine was out of balance too. That was definitely dysregulated. We didn't even know about it then. It didn't even have a name. <laughs> you know? Right. And, yeah. You know, they were still doing the research on that stuff back then. But I would have, I would, you know, if I could go back in time now and give her those gifts, it would be that kind of really deep vagal regulation is something I would work with her on. And I would just teach her some things that she could just do five minutes at a time, yeah. a couple times a day and just kind of recenter. Like I can just see her now, like at school, like just come outside by the big tree in the front of the building and just regulate for five minutes and then go back into class. And before you pick up your kid, from preschool, you know, after medical school, just go regulate for five minutes, even while you're driving, just regulate your system, regulate your system. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an essential part of the coaching and the online program is, you know, getting that system just to calm down. I would go out on a limb and say like 90% of people dealing with fertility issues are type A overachievers, go, go, go. And then you throw fertility issues in there. And then you're hype, like, you just, you just put like a whole PhD on your life, right? Like yeah. you're researching doctor's appointments, blood draws, you know, all these things. Totally. So you're compiling it and it's just yeah. making what the core issue was in the beginning, which actually had nothing to do with fertility, yeah. um, even worse. Yeah. Um, so let's dig into, um, and we, like, I, I know we both want to make it clear that these are contributing factors to your issues, right? Like this is not a blame game. This is not, um, you know, like we don't think anyone does this stuff on purpose, right? But it's gaining the knowledge and really being, uh, like self, like, um, radical, you know, self, you know, let's look at you and go okay, what can I do? And be honest with yourself of like, okay, yeah, I have these issues and I need to find modalities. Just like you say, it doesn't have to be two hours, um, you know, on a, in the Buddhist monk on a hill every single day. It is those little moments in between life that can make the biggest difference. Yeah. And we are going to stop that clip there because me and Jenny had so much fun talking, completely went over usually the time that I want podcasts to be here. So please tune in next week to continue this conversation. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.